Hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Eichel, Aromatics Market Analyst here at Argus. Thank you for joining us today for this Chemicals Conversations podcast for our benzene, toluene, and xylene outlooks. Joining me today is Simon Palmer, Vice President of Global Aromatics, Anjani Singh, Lean Consultant, Toluene, Xylene, and Santosh Nevada, Aromatics Market Analyst based in Asia. We'll be discussing the global aromatics markets. Simon, let me jump right in and ask, what do you think the next 12 months look like for price and trading trends for benzene? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, you know, benzene has the habit of being the aromatic project product that, you know, tends to lead the charge when prices move, whether that's up or down, um, because it's largely a co-product and in many instances is actually produced as a byproduct. You know, it also tends to overshoot uh, again, you know, when prices go up or down. Um, perhaps this is because it's got one of the most liquid of all the petrochemical spot markets. Um, but uh, prices also tend to be highly reactive to events and short term sentiment. Um, this being said, benzene's worth watching closely because it's a key feedstock in a number of, uh, of the most powerful economic barometers in our industry, such as phenol and styrene. Um, considering this, I'm looking for benzene prices and trading activity to lead the charge in finding a market bottom um, after the recent sharp declines from what nearly $2,300 a ton back in June uh, down to around $850 a ton uh, later last month. Um, to me, there seems to be a looming conflict of sorts between relatively firm crude price forecasts, uh, a generally tight outlook for gasoline range products, uh, energy inflation in Europe, and some of the dire macroeconomic predictions that are out there. Um, how the market navigates through the next 12 months or so is really going to be fascinating. Um, but we expect, you know, margins are going to compress, arbitrage is going to try and normalize, but products will always search out the best return wherever that might be. And then, Johnny, what about toluene and xylenes? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Uh, you know, like uh, toluene and xylenes are little bit different than the benzene market that Simon was discussing. So toluene and xylene, what we are expecting is that uh, in summer we will get another uh, short supply kind of regime and the prices might flare up again in summer. Uh, so uh, because uh, and the problem will be more severe in uh, U.S. than any other region because aromatics is major blending component for gasoline pool, uh, whereas other regions have some other options such as ethers, MTB, methanol and other components which are high in octane. They can use that. So we are expecting um, the gasoline prices will support the aromatics like specifically toluene and xylene prices and that we have also seen uh, when we saw the spread between toluene and benzene, toluene prices went a little bit higher than benzene prices. So that was a bit unusual and that's mostly getting support from 
gasoline prices. So we are expecting to see that. The other thing that we are witnessing is that refiners are making decisions to close because they are expecting that the gasoline demand will decline. So that is resulting into shortness of supply of the higher uh, blending higher octane blending component uh, such as uh, uh, tolvin and jylin so that will uh, give a kind of another push to the uh, prices of uh, aromatics molecules here specifically here in us and then um, there are normal things that happens uh, they are not abnormal things but they are normal now like uh, you will get a demand peak in summer you will have hurricane season in uh, here in uh, going through that uh, us gulf coast and then in spring you will have uh, maintenance uh, like uh, plants are down for maintenance uh, issues to address the maintenance issues so all those uh, normal will cause abnormal condition and that will give another price boost to aromatics so we will see cyclic kind of behavior for the aromatics prices sometimes it will flare for very short term and sometimes uh, it will go down a bit and again it will come back so that is where i think could be the next 12 months thanks jeff back to you Okay, thanks, Johnny. It's very interesting. Um, are there any major supply and demand changes on the horizon? Yeah, let me take that one for benzene, Jeff. There are a lot of, you know, often conflicting factors which import, which impact supply and demand in one way or another. Uh, and really, you know, the market has two major geographical areas of interest. Uh, east of Suez. We're constantly reminded that benzene is just a passenger as the aromatics markets grow and mature. Um, Parazylene is the product that matters. It's one of the few on-purpose products in the aromatic suite. And it really is the driver for most current production and certainly almost all of the growth. Um, Benzene largely just comes along for the ride. And production capability is just a function of where the parazylene is needed. Um, in many ways, there's a bit of a natural conflict between PX and benzene as most of the integrated PX complexes are premised on maximizing the yield of parazylene and minimizing the volume of co-product benzene. Um, how this all balances out is one of the most interesting aspects of these markets. Um, in the Atlantic Basin, however, it's much more of an issue of a lack of feedstock, um, which uh, really is something that underpins how these markets are struggling to grow. Um, you know, the growth in benzene derivatives is slow, certainly compared to polyester, but there is some growth and there is a willingness to invest. And really, the availability of feedstocks for benzene recovery is just not keeping pace. Um, you know, as we've seen in the last few years, refineries are closing both in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, some of the older, smaller olefins, steam crackers are shutting down. And, you know, the same cracker feed slates generally getting lighter. Um, this all really eats into the amount of benzene containing streams that are available to be processed locally in the Atlantic Basin. Um, 
as time goes on, you know, the supply chain just becomes more and more reliant upon imports of feed, imports of benzene itself, um, and imports of derivatives, or indeed a, just a combination of all of the above. Um, I think it's worth mentioning again that in the Atlantic Basin, you know, the reliance on imported molecules of whatever description is getting to a scale that we've really not experienced before. And Johnny, what about toluene xylens? So, you know, like uh, uh, we are expecting the demand to now come back to normal like or go even beyond that because you know the covid lockdowns globally they are getting over and, and there are some places in china where it is still there but that will get over mostly in next three months um, that is what is expected so and then you see that gdp for uh, a lot of developing economies are coming and they are a lot better than what we have expected Recently, we heard that GDP for India was pretty high, so that was very encouraging from demand perspective. So we are expecting that demand to come back and then even surpass because there is a lot of pent-up demand is there. Uh, so uh, that is uh, specifically for the energy side of the demand. Chemical side and plastic side of the demand are also recovering back. We are already seeing that PET prices are maintaining its higher level and the margins are pretty good. Even if the crude prices have declined a little bit below $100 a barrel. So uh, that chemical side is also going a lot better. Uh, now, uh, if you see the negative margins that was there for PDP, it is slowly getting like less negative and it is expected that it will reach the break even in next a month or two. So that will also improve the chemical uh, demand as well. So we are expecting, yeah, demand to improve. Um, and then on the supply side of that, we're expecting some weather related event or some feed stock shortages or some kind of logistic challenges might be coming because of the hurricane season and all those things going on. We are expecting the winter. The weather will be very unpredictable. So that will cause also a lot of disruption specifically in Europe and U.S. Gulf Coast. So that is worth watching, but it is good that we just keep track of the things and be ready for that. Yeah, back to you, Jeff. Okay, thank you for that, Johnny. So let me just finish up with one last question. What other key insights can readers take away from the outlooks to help make better commercial decisions? Uh, maybe I'll just start with you again, Simon. Yeah, I think... Probably one of the key takeaways, Jeff, is that um, you know, whenever you're developing a perspective on these markets and constructing a price and margin forecast, you really need to try and take a holistic view of you know, the entire value chain rather than one that's focused on a single product or a, a discrete geography. Um, yeah, we try to encourage consideration of you know, really all the alternatives when tackling specific commercial decisions or indeed developing a company's own forecast or viewpoint on these markets. 
Um, you know, there's always the option to make or buy, for example, which is a classic alternative open to many companies in these markets, as is the option to, you know, uh, make locally or move barrels around the world to the best location. Um, Knowing all the alternative values for a given commodity is really table stakes for any commercial decision making, um, whether you move up or down the value chain or between the major trading hubs around the world. Um, questions like, you know, are you better off processing internal feed or bringing in feed from the outside? Is the product worth more in the gasoline pool, as Anjani mentioned earlier, than it is in the chemical markets? Is making the product creating optimum value or should you just buy it or perhaps import the derivative from a lower price market? In developing our forecast and the narrative which surrounds it, we really do try and open all of our minds, including the minds of anybody who reads it, to the fact that, you know, in most instances there are viable alternatives and knowing what the value or the costs of realizing those alternatives is really valuable in making, you know, the best commercial decisions or developing the optimum strategies. Okay, perfect. Uh, Anjani, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would like to add it to like a couple of things uh, which are uh, good to watch uh, for next uh, couple of months and maybe a year uh, from inside perspective. So uh, just for example, uh, spreads. So spread between commercial grade Talvin and Arbob, so which we have seen going beyond 200 cents a gallon. And now it is coming back below like 100 cents a gallon. And normally it is like 30 to 40 cents a gallon. So we can see the spread went up like 10 times uh, in last uh, couple of months in this peak. So we have to see that be watchful how that goes on going forward. But still spread is not quite normal. Similarly, MX5211, like mixed island 5211 grade to 843 grade, uh, that spread was zero. Uh, for a couple of weeks, I would say like three, four weeks continuously. That was totally unforeseen. Now it is coming back to normal, almost like 30, 30, 35 cents a gallon. Uh, so that is also worth watching. Normally it is like uh, 10 to 15 cents a gallon. Now Benjin to Talwin is spread, so that also went to negative. So these spreads are worth watching and there is a lot of insight into that. Uh, you know, they tell you that is the market depends upon the gasoline market or energy demand is higher than the chemical demand. So whichever drives the market that impacts the spread. And then the margins, which was negative for a long time now, it is coming back to normal. The other thing is that we have to look into the energy dynamics in this winter. We have to be really watchful because it's not just weather condition. It's also the condi um, the situation there between Europe and Russia and uncertainty over there. So uh, um, people need to be looking into their inventory levels and all those things and better be ready for the winter because we are expecting there will be very short term need for high energy demand in winter. Uh, so, yeah, and they have to really closely watching the inventory levels over there, in specifically in Europe and U.S. Gulf Coast, because it 
both the market will be severely impacted. We have also seen severe winter freeze last uh, in last two years. So we are expecting that better be prepared for that. So there is a lot of insight related with weather, geopolitical situation and the gasoline demand driving the prices. And that is going to continue. And the COVID situation is getting better now in better control. GDPs are improving. So that will also so that the uh, of demand will improve. So we are expecting a lot of demand to improve while the supply will be really restricted. Uh, so whenever it is good time, the refineries have to build up their inventory level to higher level and uh, governments be better prepared for something which uh, might happen for a very short term. Yeah, back to you, Jeff. Okay, thanks for that, Johnny. Very interesting. Uh, I'd like to chime in here as well, um, just on a, an aspect of the outlook that I like to look at. Having a background in pricing risk, I really like the tables um, that highlight the upside and downside risks for each of the region. Uh, this just allows me to qu quickly get a, a feel for what might be impacting uh, prices going forward. Santos, you have anything to add? Yes, uh, building on what uh, you just mentioned, the outlook also contains charts which provide a clear picture of different parameters such as inventory change, consumption forecast and supply forecast. In addition, the pictorial repre representation of different spreads helps engaging the market situation at a glance. Okay, great. That's good to hear. Well, thank you, uh, Simon, uh, Johnny and Santosh. Uh, that was all very informative, but that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank our listeners for joining our, this edition of our Chemicals Conversations podcast. For more information, visit us at www.argusmedia.com chemicals. 